Andre Akiman's Call Me By Your Name is narrated by the character Elio, who is writing as an adult and reflecting back on a short summer romance of his youth. At that time, in the 1980s, Elio was a 17-year-old high school student, and Oliver was a 24-year-old graduate student spending the summer at Elio's parents' home in Italy to work as a research assistant for Elio's father, who's a college professor. The opening sentences of Call Me By Your Name give a dynamic image of Oliver stepping out of a taxicab that just pulled up to Elio's home. Quote, Later, the word, the voice, the attitude. I'd never heard anyone use later to say goodbye before. It sounded harsh, curt, and dismissive, spoken with the veiled indifference of people who may not care to see or hear from you again. End quote. Oliver's expression, later, to say goodbye, fascinates Elio. At one point, while talking to his parents, Elio imitates Oliver's usage of the word later and jokes that Oliver will use later to say goodbye to their family when the time comes for him to leave after his six-week stay. On one occasion, while Elio and Oliver are biking into the city and their conversation touches on some piece of Oliver's past that Oliver wants to avoid, he evades Elio's question with that same word. Elio's reaction. Quote, The answer I had promised never to incite in him came at me like the thwack of a jack-in-the-box wearing a baleful smirk. End quote. More than this specific mannerism, Elio is enchanted by Oliver's attitude of confidence and self-possession. Elio describes his awe for Oliver's personality. Quote, he was okay with himself. He was okay with his body, with his looks, with his antic backhand, and with his choice of books, music, films, friends. He was okay with losing his prized Montblanc pen. I can buy another one just like it. He invited my young aunt for a tete-a-tete midnight jita spin in our motorboat. She declined. That was okay. End quote. Oliver's character is juxtaposed with Elio, who is deeply introverted. Toward the opening of the book, he characterizes his self-conscious and introspective behavior. Quote, The fumbling around people I might misread and don't want to lose, and must second guess at every turn. The desperate cunning I bring to everyone I want and crave to be wanted by. The screens I put up as though between me and the world. There were not just one, but layers of rice paper sliding doors. The urge to scramble and unscramble what was never really coded in the first place. End quote. Elio's private obsession with Oliver and his fear of being rebuffed by Oliver and his inability to talk to anyone about this obsession contrasts dramatically with the way Elio perceives Oliver's 
carefree nature. This juxtaposition is brought into stark relief in a scene around the breakfast table in which Elio tells his parents, and Oliver, about a sexual tryst he had with his girlfriend on the previous night. Quote, We almost did it, I told both my father and Oliver the next morning as we were having breakfast. And why didn't you? asked my father. Dunno. Better to have tried and failed. Oliver was half mocking and half comforting me with that oft rehashed saw. Try again later, said Oliver. This was what people who were okay with themselves did. But I could also sense he was onto something and wasn't coming out with it. Perhaps because there was something mildly disquieting behind his fatuous, though well-intentioned, try again later. He was criticizing me, or making fun of me, or seeing through me. It stung me when he finally came out with it. Only someone who had completely figured me out would have said it. If not later, when? My father liked it. If not later, when? It echoed Rabbi Hillel's famous injunction, if not now, when? I repeated his phrase as if it were a prophetic mantra, meant to reflect how he lived his life and how I was attempting to live mine. By repeating this mantra that had come straight from his mouth, I might trip on a secret passageway to some nether truth that had hitherto eluded me about me, about life, about others, about me with others. Try again later were the last words I'd spoken to myself every night when I'd sworn to do something to bring Oliver closer to me. Try again later meant I haven't the courage now. Things weren't ready just yet. Where I'd find the will and the courage to try again later, I didn't know. But I also knew that I was circling wagons around my life with try again leaders, and that months, seasons, entire years, a lifetime could go by with nothing but Saint Try Again Later stamped on every day. Try Again Later worked for people like Oliver. If not later, when was my shibboleth? End quote. A central question that Elio grapples with in the early part of the book is what caused him to fall so desperately and maddeningly in love with Oliver. Part of the answer that Elio offers is a sense of affinity between his mind and Oliver's. Early in the book, while bemoaning his impression that Oliver doesn't like him, Elio references an incident in which Oliver picked up on a reference that Elio made to an Italian author named Carlo Levi. Quote, I wanted him to be kind to me again, to laugh with me, as he had done just a few days earlier on the abandoned train tracks, or when I'd explained to him that same afternoon that B was the only town in Italy where the Corriere, the regional bus line carrying Christ, whisked by without ever stopping. He had immediately laughed and recognized the veiled allusion to Carlo Levi's book. I liked how our minds seemed to travel in parallel, how we instantly inferred 
what words the other was toying with, but at the last moment held back. End quote. Another characteristic example of Elio's subtle and coded communication with Oliver and the nonverbal shades of meaning that Elio savors is a scene in which Elio's family is gathered indoors and Oliver suggests that he and Elio go see a movie together. Quote, How about catching a movie, he blurted out one evening when we were all sitting indoors, as if he'd suddenly hit on a solution to what promised to be a dull night indoors. We had just left the dinner table, where my father, as was his habit these days, was urging me to try to go out with friends more often, especially in the evening. It boarded on a lecture. Oliver was still new with us and knew no one in town, so I must have seemed as good a movie partner as any. But he had asked his question in far too breezy and spontaneous a manner, as though he wanted me and everyone else in the living room to know that he was hardly invested in going to the movies and could just as readily stay home and go over his manuscript. The carefree inflection of his offer, however, was also a wink aimed at my father, who was only pretending to have come up with the idea. In fact, without letting me suspect it, he was picking up on my father's advice at the dinner table and was offering to go for my benefit alone. I smiled, not at the offer, but at the double-edged maneuver. He immediately caught my smile, and having caught it, smiled back, almost in self-mockery, sensing that if he gave any sign of guessing I'd seen through his ruse, he'd be confirming his guilt, but that refusing to own up to it, after I'd made clear I'd intercepted it, would indict him even more. So he smiled to confess he'd been caught, but also to show he was a good enough sport to own up to it and still enjoy going to the movies together. The whole thing thrilled me." End quote. Recurring throughout the book is a theme of repetition and obfuscation as a mode of human connection. For example, early in their summer together, Oliver tries to give Elio a massage, and Elio instinctively pulls away from him. After the fact, Elio wrestles with why he pulled away so dramatically, and why he feels compelled to hide his feelings for Oliver. Quote, and why wouldn't I show him how like butter I was? Did I want him to act? Or would I prefer a lifetime of longing, provided we both kept this little ping-pong game going, not knowing, not not knowing, not 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 knowing? Just be quiet. Say nothing. And if you can't say yes, don't say no. Say later. Is this why people say maybe when they mean yes, but hope you'll think it's no, when all they really mean is please just ask me once more and once more after that." End quote. Another example of this theme is a scene where Elio and Oliver are sitting outside in the sun and Elio is daydreaming about Oliver. Quote, Elio. Yes? What are you doing? Reading. No, you're not. 
thinking then? About? I was dying to tell him. Private, I replied. So you won't tell me? So I won't tell you. So he won't tell me, he repeated, pensively, as if explaining to someone about me. How I loved the way he repeated what I myself had just repeated. It made me think of a caress, or of a gesture, which happens to be totally accidental the first time, but becomes intentional the second time, and more so, yet, the third. End quote. One of the central themes explored in this book is the theme of identity. The ways in which our identities can be fluid and layered and often inscrutable. Call Me By Your Name tells a story of Elio coming into a sexual maturity in which he is forced to reckon with a complicated sexual identity and a complicated gender identity. Late in the book, Elio finds and is affected by a poem titled the San Clemente Syndrome, which explores shifting and ambiguous gender identities. Eventually, Elio meets the author of that poem, and the author explains the title of the poem and provides a very powerful metaphor for the complex and layered notion of identity which is explored throughout this book. Quote, Today's Basilica of San Clemente is built on the site of what was once a refuge for persecuted Christians. It was burnt down during Emperor Nero's reign. Next to its charred remains, in what must have been a large, cavernous vault, the Romans built an underground pagan temple dedicated to Mithras, god of the morning, light of the world, over whose temple the early Christians built another church dedicated, coincidentally or not, this is a matter to be further excavated, to another Clement, Pope St. Clement, on top of which came yet another church that burnt down and on the site of which stands today's basilica. And the digging could go on and on. Like the subconscious, like love, like memory, like time itself, like every single one of us, the church is built on the ruins of subsequent restorations. There is no rock bottom. There is no first anything, no last anything. Just layers and secret passageways and interlocking chambers like the Christian catacombs. And right along these, even a Jewish Catacomb. End quote. Call Me By Your Name is about an older Elio reflecting back on a formative experience of his youth. But it's also about a youthful Elio reflecting on his future and trying to imagine how he will make the transition into adulthood. In the depths of his despairing about Oliver, Elio wonders about the life ahead of him and the outcome of the emotional pain he's currently enduring. Quote, If we went for an early morning swim, I might be overcome again with a surfeit of self-loathing. I wondered if one got used to that, or does one accrue 
a deficit of malaise so large that one learns to find ways to consolidate it in one lump feeling with its own amnesties and grace periods. End quote. When Elio finally alludes to Oliver about his love during a bike ride together into the city, Oliver responds to this revelation with incredulity. Quote, Do you know what you're saying? This time, I looked out to the sea, and with a vague and weary tone that was my last diversion, my last cover, and my last getaway, said, Yes, I know what I'm saying, and you're not mistaking any of it. I'm just not very good at speaking, but you're welcome never to speak to me again. Wait, are you saying what I think you're saying? Yes. Now that I had spilled the beans, I could take on the laid-back, mildly exasperated air with which a felon, who surrendered to the police, confesses yet once more to yet one more police officer how he robbed the store. End quote. In this context, Elio meditates on what the future holds and whether or not he will be remembered. Quote, a thought raced through my mind. Would my descendants know what was spoken on this very piazzetta today? Would anyone? Or would it dissolve into the thin air, as I found part of me wishing it would? Would they know how close to the brink their fate stood on this day on this piazzetta? The thought amused me and gave me the necessary distance to face the remainder of the day. In 30, 40 years, I'll come back here and think back on a conversation I knew I'd never forget, much as I might want to someday. I'd come here with my wife, my children, show them the sights, point to the bay, the local cafes, the Danzig, the Grand Hotel. Then I'd stand here and ask the statue and the straw-backed chairs and the shaky wooden tables to remind me of someone called Oliver." End quote. Despite the brevity of their relationship, Oliver makes a profound and indelible impact on Elio's life. Call Me By Your Name captures the ways in which even short experiences can have long-term and powerful repercussions that echo and reverberate across decades. Despite Elio's and Oliver's efforts to keep their relationship a secret and to be as discreet as possible over the course of their summer together, Elio's father confronts Elio about his relationship with Oliver after Oliver has left the family and is now out of their lives. Elio's father makes it clear that he knows that Elio and Oliver have been in a romantic relationship and that he's not upset. Elio's father tries to console Elio in his sadness at having lost Oliver and explains that these kinds of experiences, their joys and their sorrows, are an essential part of what makes life worth living and that we are given only one life to live and one chance at a youth which is ephemeral and precious.
Quote, How you live your life is your business. But remember, our hearts and our bodies are given to us only once. Most of us can't help but live as though we've got two lives to live. One is the mock-up, the other the finished version. And then there are all those versions in between. But there's only one. And before you know it, your heart is worn out. And as for your body, there comes a point when no one looks at it, much less wants to come near it. End quote. For me, this sense that life is short and fleeting and that we should live life with an understanding that there is no second chance is such a critical point of focus. It's this broad perspective about human life, about how people change over time and how short experiences can cast staggeringly large shadows over a life. This full body journey from adolescence to adulthood that makes Call Me By Your Name such a unique and compelling book. Call Me By Your Name is written in stunningly gorgeous and poetic language. The following quote is for me one of the most beautiful in the whole book. In this passage, Elio reflects on the enigma of his identity, and he interrogates the mystifying and ineffable nature of his love for Oliver. Quote, Did I want to be like him? Did I want to be him? Or did I just want to have him? Or are being and having thoroughly inaccurate verbs in a twisted skein of desire where having someone's body to touch and being that someone we are longing to touch are one and the same, just opposite banks on a river that passes from us to them, back to us and over to them again in this perpetual circuit where the chambers of the heart, like the trap doors of desire and the wormholes of time and the false bottom drawer we call identity, share a beguiling logic according to which the shortest distance between real life and the life unlived, between who we are and what we want, is a twisted staircase designed with the impish cruelty of M.C. Escher. End quote. 